A reading from the second book of Samuel. When King David was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from his enemies on every side, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God dwells in a tent. Nathan answered the king, Go, do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that night the Lord spoke to Nathan and said, Go, tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Should you build me a house to dwell in? It was I who took you from the pasture and from the care of the flock to be commander of my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you went, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you, and I will make you famous like the great ones of the earth. I will fix a place for my people Israel. I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place without further disturbance. Neither shall the wicked continue to afflict them as they did of old, since the time I first appointed judges over my people, Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also reveals to you that he will establish a house for you. And when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you, sprung from your loins, and I will make his kingdom firm. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. The word of the Lord. of the Lord I will sing forever. Through all generations my mouth shall proclaim your faithfulness. For you have said, my kindness is established forever. In heaven you have confirmed your faithfulness. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant, forever will I confirm your posterity and establish your throne for all generations. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. He shall say of me, you are my father, my God, the rock, my savior. Forever I will maintain my kindness toward him, and my covenant with him stands firm. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. 
Brothers and sisters, to him who can strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret for long ages, but now manifested through the prophetic writings and according to the command of the eternal God, made known to all nations to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. eternal light, son of justice, come and shine on those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. We may be wondering at why are we being given this particular section of the Gospel of St. Luke at the threshold of the birthday of the Savior. Or we may simply ask the question, why? Well, the most obvious reason is because before there can be a birth, there must be a conception. And so we know from this particular scene of the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1, verse 26 through 38, it is in this exchange between the Archangel Gabriel and the Virgin Mary that the child, the eternal Word of God, is conceived in the womb with the fiat of Our Lady. I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. So we can go into so much about this gospel and speak of its significance regarding Mary, why was she selected, and what it means for all of us to this day, to the end of time. But I want to focus our hearts on how it pertains to the promise made to David. A king chosen by God, we're told, after the heart of God a man after the heart of God. And why was that? You ever wonder, why was David, why was it the distinction meant, made when it came to David, I have chosen one of the sons of Jesse, David, a man after my own heart. What made him like unto the heart of God? It wasn't because he was without sin. <laughs> we know David made his fair share of boo-boos. It wasn't that at all but it was because David desired to rule, to govern the people of God with God at the center of the kingdom. Hence, his conversation with the prophet Nathan. He's been given a time of rest now, because if you're familiar with the reign of David, it seemed like he was fighting one fight after another, one battle after another, the Philistines on this wing, that side, this side. Finally, he's got a respite. But then he seems felt, he sees, he feels self-conscious. Here I am in a palace, and the Lord, the ark of the, of the covenant of our Lord is, is in a tent. I want to build him an edifice. I want to build a temple that's suitable to him. Nathan said, that's a great idea. Go for it. But no sooner has that been said, does Nathan receive the word from God to go back and tell David, it will not be him who is going to build me a house, but it shall be I who will build him a house, a dynasty. And in this house, he shall have an heir from his lineage that shall be a son unto me, and I a father unto him. And then this reign of this kingdom, there shall be no end. Now, 
We're hearing this word in the first reading from the second book of Samuel, chapter 7, of all of the historical writings as it pertains to the promises God made in terms of covenants that he has established, the covenant with Abraham, the covenant with uh, Noah, the covenant with Moses, and of course now the Davidic covenant. The covenant with David would be one that would consummate all of the promises made throughout the ages. But what is most startling about what is being said to David and now where we find ourselves today is that it wasn't long after David had established all of the kingdoms, all of the the tribes of Israel as one nation. It was only a matter of about maybe 30 years and everything kind of went crazy. There were... There was uh, the Babylonian invasion, Assyrians, they were scattered this way, scattered that way, divided kingdom north and south. And so it became almost like, how can this happen? It was as if the tree, the tree of the house of David was like a stump. Many of the community I know got involved in the tradition known as the Jesse tree. And that pertains to how the the Messiah would come forth from the house of David, who is the son of Jesse. And so even though the stump, the tree was cut down to like a stump that you wouldn't even give a second thought to, the tree still had life. It still had potential. And the shoot would come forth from Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Too little to be among the tribes, and yet from you shall come forth the one who will rule. And of this one's rule, there will be no end. This was the promise. No one really understood how it could happen. But they always held out hope. And mind you, this was not something that was just arbitrarily dreamed up in the light of what has been manifested in the writings of the Gospels, particularly Luke's Gospel? Absolutely not. For as St. Paul tells us today in his epistle to the Romans, to him who can strengthen you, according to my Gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret for long ages, but now manifested through the prophetic writings And according to the command of the eternal God made known to all nations to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God through Jesus Christ be glory forever and ever. St. Paul explicitly makes reference to the fact that this work of God, this plan of God, this promise made to David by God was evident through all of the prophetic writings. And now, he says, the mystery has been fully revealed. And it's in this time that God has been pleased to make it known to all the nations. And for those of us who are enjoying the presentations by Father Maestri over these weeks leading up to this last Sunday of Advent, he specifically made the distinction between the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Matthew pertaining to their nativity accounts that Luke starts with a theology from above coming down to earth, whereas Matthew presents a theology coming from below, from the earth going up to heaven. 
But he says that Luke, in presenting his gospel as he does, in a historical, primarily as a historical account, he makes it a point to highlight the universality of God's plan. The universality of salvation for the whole world. And so now, what seemed to be an impossibility, what seemed to be something that could never come about because of the things that had occurred during the reign of David and all of his successors, the the heirs of the kingdom following him, it seemed as though this could never come to pass. But in reality, God was allowing these postponements, if you will, this delay so as to set in motion the, the plan that he intended for all of the generations. For when Jesus would be born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the fullness of time, when Augustus, Caesar Augustus was the emperor, he issued the census. Everybody's coming in. He wants them to come in because he wants to take account, not just to say, I want to know how many. He wants to make sure he's got good taxation coming in. But God would use Caesar Augustus in his reign to bring about the movement of Joseph of the house of David. Notice when the angel greets the Virgin Mary, he says, well, rather the gospel introduction is this. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. Significant, because that was the key. David is the keystone to this whole thing coming together as only God could bring it about. So he's of the house of David. He will have the throne of David. He will have, he will be of divine origin. Not only would he be given the title of a son of God, which was distinct to the kings of Israel, but he would be literally the son of God brought about through the power of the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And he would have a kingdom that would last forever. All of these attributes that were spoken in 2 Samuel are represented by the archangel Gabriel confirming what? That God's word is true. It's trustworthy and God keeps his promises. He is worthy of our ascent of faith, of hope, and all of our love. And so I would say to one and all today that the message we can bring home, particularly as we anticipate celebrating the great birthday of the Savior, is maybe we feel in our own lives, whatever your circumstance is, whatever you maybe have been conversing with God about, maybe something you've been really conversing with the Lord about wanting, asking him for, and it seems as though he's just giving you the deaf ear or the blind eye. He's not concerned with you. It seems as though he's just kind of put you aside. He's forgotten about you. Take heart, for nothing is further from the truth. You know, they say that the devil is in the details, but that's not the truth. God is in the details. Every single detail Every single utterance of the Word of God has come to pass and will come to pass 
before Jesus comes back in great glory and power to consummate all that has been set in motion. So let us lay hold of the witness of the humility of the Blessed Virgin Mary, her openness to the plan of God, her receptivity, and her willingness to surrender all. Here we stand, or as you sit and I stand. Soon we move to the second part of the liturgy, and we will have the opportunity to allow what was announced to the Blessed Virgin Mary through the Archangel Gabriel to be represented in us at the moment of communion or blessing. Whatever your circumstance affords you to have the opportunity to receive from the Lord, it will be as God intends. The question remains, will we be willing to receive this God, this gift of love, in the same disposition as Our Lady? And although we don't know how all of this is going to play out in terms of our particular our particular contribution to this work of God, we must place our trust in the one who promises, keeps his promises, and fulfills everything according to his purposes and plans in Christ Jesus the Lord. God love you. <laughs>